0: Right. Yeah. And it's funny because I've talked to a lot of people and they're always like, how are you going to get eyes? How are you going to monetize? And I said, the money will come when it needs to come. But I'm more concerned by building this community and loyalty and dog parent space. And that's exactly right with the marketing strategy that I had in mind is why build a website and then scramble to get people when I could build this community first on social and through the e-newsletter and then bring them to the website. And then the hope obviously is that those people will refer other people to DogSpot at the website and it'll just continue to grow.
1: Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I am talking to Jamie Rudin, who spent her quarantine building a new online community for pet parents. She was inspired to create Dog Spotted after fostering and then adopting a dog last year. The website, which is launching this month, provides expert advice on dog training, health, wellness, gear shopping, and so much more. But all that advice doesn't do much good without an audience. Jamie shares how she's been using edutainment content and events to build up an audience of thousands of dog parents before the site even goes live. Wear Wag Repeat is proudly one of the expert contributors featured on Dog Spotted. Just sign up for their email list and you'll get a vendor booklet full of promo codes, including a discount on wear, wag, repeat online courses to help you grow your pet business online. Check out dogspotted.com to get on the list. Jamie Rudin is the founder of Dog Spotted, a website to help dog parents navigate pet parenthood. She's connected with dog experts such as veterinarians, dog walkers, groomers, trainers, small business owners, and long-term pet parents to provide insight on best practices when parenting our furry best friends. Jamie has been strategizing the launch of this online community for almost a year. She's been hiring and recruiting bloggers for expert dog content, while also managing a team of eight freelance employees who work on social media, community building, editorial content, website development, email, marketing, design, and a whole lot more. While she's not working on launching Dog Spotted, Jamie is also a career counselor, a job inspired by her own experience of career exploration. Jamie is an expert in networking, career counseling, public speaking, hiring, and more. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Tori. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm really excited to have you here and learn all about your new venture, Dog Spotted.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Super excited. And we are launching soon. Um, and for those that are tuning in later, we launched February 27th, 2021.
1: Woohoo, exciting month um so tell me like take take us back. I always like to start in in like a little rewind a flashback if you will um tell us like what was your background prior to starting dog spotted?
0: yeah, great question. So I like to think of myself actually as the lost puppy, no pun intended, um, and I thought I wanted to do something in t v um initially uh my mom, who is a divorce lawyer, actually inspired that um quick little anecdote. My mom was a divorce attorney. And when I was a kid, like nine or 10 years old, one of the few times she let me miss school was when she was recording. Do you remember Ricky Lake? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So for those that don't know who Ricky Lake is, she's like the female Jerry Springer. (laughs) And my mom would be in the audience being like, who's the baby daddy? Like, no, no, no. And I was like, I don't want to do that without going to law school. So I thought I was going to do TV for the longest time. Um, I majored in communications at Northeastern, got a master's in London about film and TV, did nothing with it. Um, My very first job after that was actually working at a dog hotel in the financial district in Manhattan called Fetch Club, which no longer exists, unfortunately, Um, but was an amazing place. I got to meet so many dogs and people and made so many connections um, unfortunately I had to move on due to payment and wanting to move out of my parents' house. So I did some marketing and events and it just wasn't exactly what I wanted to do. So I started thinking when was I happiest and for me it was college and then I started talking to anyone and everyone that would listen to me and talk to me, so conducting informational interviews, which I tell my students to do all the time. And I ended up connecting with this woman Pamela who works at FIT. Um, who told me what it's like to work at a college. And she's a career counselor at FIT. And I was like, that sounds amazing. Um, So then I went to Baruch to get a second master's in higher education administration, initially thought it was going to do more student life stuff, since that really blends well with my events experience. Um, But it didn't feel tangible enough. Um, So that's why I went into career counseling, because it had that much more tangible effect of, I helped this student. Now they have a job, um, or I helped the student. Now they have more clarity on what they want to do. It just felt more tangible is probably the best way for me to describe it. Um, and then in terms of dog spotted, um, it really kind of came about during COVID. Um, I grew up with dogs, my boyfriend grew up with dogs, um, and we fostered a dog back in May and, uh, he was amazing. We loved him to bits. Unfortunately, the rescue that we fostered him through, wouldn't let us keep him due to their policies. Um, but we had a great time with him. And on the second day we had him, we noticed he was covered in fleas head to toe. And both of us have never dealt with that before. So we're Googling everywhere, like, how do we figure this out? And we couldn't find like one reliable, consistent resource to answer these kind of questions. I was like, how does this not exist? So I said to myself, okay, I want to create a place where people have these kind of questions. Not only can they find them, but they can also ask them. Um, so part of the content we have on dog Spotted as well is a advice column. So you could submit questions to us to either dear Mary Puppins, who's the trainer and then, or a doctor, if you have any medical questions. Um, so really making it accessible to talk to these type of experts for free. Um, and then the second part of it was really about the small businesses uh, that you mentioned. And when we adopted our dog Lucy in August, there was a trainer there from Roughhouse Rescue who explained there's the good toys, there's the bad toys, there's the good, you know, food, there's the bad food. And I was like, What? Never knew this. And so we go to Petco shortly thereafter to get her like supplies. And I just noticed the walls lined with these bad foods and these bad toys. And I was like, How is this a thing? So I did a little research knows that a lot of small dog businesses actually create the solutions to fill in those gaps to have a safer toy or safer food. Um, And that's why anytime someone signs up for our email, they get a vendor booklet. So we've partnered with these small businesses that we vet, um, pun intended there, (laughs) and each of them provide a promo code. So not only does it help alleviate your wallet, but it helps support a small business and get them their name out there. Um, So that's kind of the gist of do spotted at this point of how it came to be.
1: That's so great, and I love that it. it's so inspired by your your own firsthand experience and and recently too, like within the last year. Because I think so many so so much has changed in the in the pet industry in the last twenty years, ten years, and even like five years. And I think people are so much more um, informed and like educated consumers now um and and you want to like shop be a conscious consumer um and and shop for things that are good for you and your pet but that are also making a good difference in in communities around the world and around the country so um you know when you walk into a big box store um it's not really geared towards that um because maybe those stores are just like a little outdated (laughs) and how they work um I think just big box retail in general is a lot like that. So, um, you know, and not everyone has the resources to be able to go to expert vets and expert trainers and an expert nutritionist. So um, how great to put it all in one spot. So, um, okay, so, so you mentioned so many things, but, you know, you mentioned you mentioned your email and um, the booklet and all of this kind of stuff and I've, you know, I think I'm part of that booklet. Um, and so I've been watching your, your launch strategy. Um, and, and you've really had kind of like a long runway to launching your website, um, which I think is really, really smart and also very unique. You know, I see so many people who like just, and, and, you know, I think it's great to just hit publish and just get it out there. Sometimes, sometimes you like, could wait for years <laughs> um, to launch something. So there's like that one side of things. Um, but on the other hand, sometimes people just put it up there and they're like, no one's going to it. it it's up. What do I do? Um, and so you really kind of like flipped it upside down. And you've so so tell us about your strategy. Um, you've been working on launching this and marketing it for months. So um, what all has gone into that?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So I will never say I'm an expert in terms of starting a business or what it means to be an entrepreneur because I think I'm a noob in this space. Um, But I will say before I did anything, I read, I read, I read, I read, I read so many startup books. Um, One of my favorites was called um, Go to Market and it literally, oh no, sorry, Be the Go To. And it's literally talking about Be the Go To in that space. And also about marketing and social and building community. Another good book um, about community that Sarah, my community manager, recommended that I love is called Get Together. And it talks about the importance of community. Um, So, funny enough, I actually wanted to launch the website back in November. So, nothing is smooth sailing. I've had a few web developers come through for multiple reasons, whether it was personal or they said they were going to do something and they didn't. Um, And so, you kind of trial and error. And I finally found someone that I work really well with and he's super efficient. Um, and I don't know if you've noticed this or if the listeners have noticed this, there are a lot of websites, um, kind of like Petco in terms of outdatedness. <laughs> um, I found a lot of groomer websites that are seem a little outdated vets, trainers, walkers, groomers, you name it. Um, and that's kind of also why I've been so meticulous in waiting is I'm very detail oriented in making this website, not only beautiful, but user-friendly and easy to navigate, um, because I think that's important when you're putting yourself out there. And you're a website; you're not a retail shop, right? You don't have two ways to introduce yourself. You have this one platform, really. Um, so, in terms of the long road, uh, the social media, I really wanted to build a community, and I didn't even know what that meant at first. But I knew in my head, like I just want people to understand that I'm just trying to help both small businesses, the vendors and dog parents to be the best. Cause that was me. Um, so I thought I want to bring the community together on Instagram. I also have a LinkedIn group uh, for anyone that's a professional in the dog space so people can meet each other. Um, a Facebook group starting with New Yorkers and then the hopes to expand to other cities um, as well as our e-newsletter that's been doing really well. And in that we just have advice, we have product recommendation, our events, which tie into building up the momentum so monthly, we've been doing one since November, because that's when I thought we were going to launch. <laughs> um, so November, we had a yappy hour, like a Friendsgiving, where we had two uh, dog food brands, Chippin' and Holy Child, were both amazing, because I thought, you know, Thanksgiving's the gluttonous holiday. Our dogs should have fun, too. So we talked about best ways to include our dogs in the holiday and the festivities. Um, December, we had our holiday market um, featuring all different dogs businesses, kind of like a holiday market you would find maybe in Union Square or in your town. Um, and that was really great. We had, I think, about 30 vendors participate, but only 16 live. Um, but it was really, really popular. Um, and then last month, we did a New Year, New You Spots Challenge that was led by one of our ambassadors, Yolanta, that some people may know. She has her own pet business with uh, virtual assisting um, and that was really great. We had vets and trainers come in to teach people. One did teaching from school, from the dogs taught dogs how to lick their own nose. Um, we had a vet who did one about just dental cleaning, which some people are like, Oh, people are actually going to be interested in like brushing your dog's teeth. It was wildly popular because no one talks about these things, right? Cause they think it's bland and boring, but it's actually just so important. Um, and then this month, the other day we had our Valentine's day event and and we had Krishma from Calm Canine Academy come and she talked about um, introducing your dog to a new dog. Because if you're going on a first date with another dog parent, at least the dog should get along. Um, then we had Dog Jeopardy. The only,
1: the only place you can go on a date now is
0: the park. So <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. So it's perfect timing. We had uh, Jeopardy, Dog Jeopardy, and we had... Um, Uh, what's his name, Manish uh, from Charmer app, a a pet parenting app, as well as a dating coach to help navigate dating during this time. And at all of these events, we've had many giveaways, promos, prizes. It's been really fun. Um, And our next event, which is launching with our website is an Ask an Expert, which we're doing this event to kind of translate what the website's to do, to make it approachable to talk to best rescue organization, adoption, uh, organizations, uh, groomers, walkers, trainers, you name it, dog photographers, like everything. Um, so we really want to make it super accessible. Uh, so we're really excited about that. That's going to be taking place both on zoom and on Instagram. And we have a whole ambassador, uh, squad part of dog spotted that are these experts as well as illustrators and just strong community members in the dog space to help promote, this accessibility and being available to answer questions.
1: What I'm hearing while while I'm listening to all of that is like, it's a combination of entertainment and education, that edutainment kind of niche. Um, and, And I think it's just so great because I see so many accounts that, um, you know, they just push all one thing. They push all entertainment or they push all education or they push all selling and it's just not working. So, you know, it's really important. It sounds like you had like fun things, educational things, you had shopping events, you know, a little bit of everything to kind of get people engaged because also like not everything's going to appeal to everyone. So not everyone wants to go shopping. Not everybody wants to teach their dog to lick their nose um so so you offer like a variety of things um, and get people excited
0: absolutely that's exactly why we try to diversify and as we continue right holiday market and Valentine's Day event were kind of obvious um, a lot of our other events are revolved around those national dog holidays mm-hmm. um so we definitely have one for every month and it's free to attend. The only ones that aren't free, we have one coming up in April. We're going to be doing a virtual walkathon that is open to anyone in the world. Um, and it'll be just raising money for dogs rescues. So we're not taking a cut. It's just for the rescues. So we do ask for that, but otherwise it's been totally free.
1: Are you enjoying this interview? If you'd like to continue talking about dogs and business with the added support of a like-minded community, Get on the waitlist for Wear, Wag, Repeat Society. This is my monthly membership program for women petpreneurs and pupfluencers who are looking for accountability and support to make bark-worthy breakthroughs in their business. It's amazing what you can accomplish when you're surrounded by the right people and their dogs. Join the waitlist now at wearwagrepeat.com slash society. So gearing all of this up, you've, you've probably added thousands of people to your email list and thousands of people to Instagram followers. And so that's this audience that you'll then be launching the website to. So instead of starting from scratch and just putting it out there and doing it the opposite way, you've kind of built up the community first a little bit.
0: Right. Yeah. And it's funny because I've talked to a lot of people and they're always like, how are you going to get eyes? How are you going to monetize? And I said, the money will come when it needs to come. But I'm more concerned by building this community and loyalty and dog parent space. And that's exactly right with the marketing strategy that I had in mind is why build a website and then scramble to get people when I could build this community first on social and through the e-newsletter and then bring them to the website. And then the hope obviously is that those people will refer other people to dog at the website and it'll just continue to grow.
1: And so um, I'm a huge person about um, email lists. I'm always telling everyone you need an email list um, because they just work um, and you don't have to worry about any evil algorithms. <laughs> um, it's just on you to send the email and, um, you know, far a far higher percentage of people will open it than will see your Instagram post, really. Um, so you're getting people on your email list with this um, opt-in incentive, this, like, this um coupon book, right? Is that what you're calling it? Um, a vendor booklet, but same thing. A vendor booklet. Um so so tell us a little bit about like how that works. Um you know how do you give that to people or how are you telling them about it?
0: Yeah. So I cannot take credit. I'll take credit for the aesthetic in terms of what I wanted it to look like. But actually executing the email, I've hired Alicia Norton, who's fabulous in executing our emails and designing them and editing and making sure to do A-B testing. And for those that don't know what A-B testing is, it's having whether it's two different subject lines or developing two different types of emails to see which tests better. Or maybe you send one at 9 a.m. or you send one at 1 p.m. to see if the open rate is different. Um, So she does things like that for me. Um, so in terms of the email, we actually have been growing quite quickly and I've been doing a lot of research cause I didn't know that much about it and, um, about what's a good open rate. What's a good click rate. And again, for those that don't know, open rate is opening email and click rate is how many things are they clicking, um and I totally agree about in terms of really getting the message across to your audience because they signed up for the email and I actually recently added this new feature to my email which um some people do some people don't it's called double opt-in and what that means is when you subscribe to the email you get another window that says are you sure you want to, sus- to subscribe click here and at first I was kind of against it because I was like, won't that deter people? But I was like, you know what? If people really want to get these emails and are going to open my emails, which is what I want, then they will click that button. Uh, so I find that to be really effective as well. Um, and in terms of the vendor booklet, I just thought, what would I want out of an email? And as a woman that loves to shop and loves to find a good deal, that's the New York Jewish girl in me. Um <laughs> I thought small businesses want to get out there. People want a discount, put it together and to grow my email. And we have done other things as well. On top of that, we also do um, this thing called the ultimate guide. Love a good pun. Um, And there it's really high value content um, to parenting, dog parenting. So we had one of my favorite ones was about um budgeting for your dog. I don't think people think about that. Um people maybe budget more for their child, um, knowing they have to go to school or they have daycare and things like that. But dogs, people think, oh, it's a pet, it'll just be there and fine. But like things like pet insurance is important. And if you have a job that you have to now physically to go to the office, you gotta get a walker. Right. And I honestly believe everyone should get a trainer, um, especially if you're a first time dog parent, like there's no manual. No one really teaches you or at least having a few sessions with a trainer kind of puts you on the right path and sets a good precedent. Um, one of my favorites, as I mentioned earlier, is Calm Canine Academy. And she was so generous and has created a promo code with us. Hers is Spotted 50 And whoever uses that gets 50% off their first service with her, which is amazing. Wow. And it's virtual. So she can talk to anyone anywhere.
1: That's awesome. Um, so, so you've been working with like people like Calm Canon Academy and you mentioned your website developer and Yolanda helping with things and your social media people. You have so many different people that you've pulled into this, which is because it's, you know, it's about community. So why not have a lot of people work on it with you? Um, but through that, and then also through your expertise as a career counselor, um, What do you advise people ask as like an interview question? If they're thinking of hiring a freelancer or hiring like a collaborator is really would be hiring someone too. Um, What are some good interview questions to ask to make sure it's a good fit?
0: I love that question. So what I did specifically for this, just so people, I get this question a lot of where did you find the people? Um, And honestly, LinkedIn, LinkedIn it, I should get paid by LinkedIn by how much I talk about it. Um, I love, 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 love LinkedIn. Um, so hashtag a lot people, not
1: sponsored. No. <laughs> right,
0: not sponsored. I wish I was hashtag sponsored, but I'm not. Um, but no, LinkedIn's a really great tool because not only can you search for people that have a certain title, but you can see your mutual connections. And I could say, hey, Bob, could you introduce me to Sarah? You know? Um, so, in terms of questions, one thing specifically for me is they have to, They don't have to have a dog, but they have to be a dog person because I feel like something I've learned just as a career counselor, you can really work at any company, right? But if you believe in what your product is or the mission, you're going to do more for it and take that extra step. So if someone I talk to is more of a, I'm just making something up, a turtle person than a dog person, they might like it. That's an animal, but I bet if it was a turtle website, they'd be much more interested in spending their free time on it. Um, So it's important that your values align. I think that's, so I always share what Dogspot is about. And I ask, what are your values, both personal and professional? Um, But I think the number one thing, especially during COVID, but I think this is going to be important anywhere, is communication. Um, That's what was a problem in terms of my web developers. I would communicate with them, whether it's through email or Slack, and they were unresponsive. I need someone that's going to answer, not the minute I send it, because that's a bit ridiculous, but at least in the next few hours, um, just to know that they're working or on it um, and received, because otherwise, then I feel like if it's time sensitive, then I have to do it, even though I'm asking someone else. And delegation is really important. Um, The other thing I would talk about, it depends whether if you're hiring someone like an intern or a, a freelancer is... How comfortable are you working alone? You know, there's some people that kind of need their handheld and every day their tasks outlined where there's other that are like, you tell them what you want to do and they got it. Given that I'm working my full-time job and doing this at the same time, unfortunately, I don't have time to handhold. Um, so I make it very clear that like, can they be comfortable being independent? Because if they can't, then it just won't be the right fit. And some companies like to handhold and micromanage. I'm so not like that. I'm like, I trust you. I believe in you go for it. Spread your wings. Um, I think delegation is super important. So I would say values, communication, and independence.
1: Those are three really good things to look for. And I know, um, I have, I've worked, I was telling you before we hit record, I've worked by myself for like 12, probably more than that years. And so like, I, I'm just used to like, you know, give me the task and just assume that it's going to be done. Um, so, yeah, I can't, That you know, constantly asking and checking in would be very difficult, at least for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so um, approaching the end of our chat today, um, I want to hear about your dog, Lucy, because, well, first of all, I have a Lucy too. So great name choice. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> what are the nicknames you
0: have for her? Lucy Goose. That's what I call her. I call yes. her goose probably more than her
1: own name. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I call her Lucy goose. And then I call her goosey goose and, um, all <laughs> variations of that. But, um, so how did your Lucy goose come into your life?
0: Oh, uh, my, my Lulu bean, my Lubu. Okay. Oh, she's such a special place in my heart. And anyone wants to check what you, what you look like she has an Instagram. I'm not super good at updating it, but it's at Lucy, the mini model, Mm -hmm. um, because she's got these gorgeous long legs. Uh, so I was so lucky to get in touch with rough house rescue. They're based in Long Island. And again, it was during COVID and their processes was they had, they were one of the few rescues, I think in New York that actually was still rescuing throughout all of COVID. Um, so they had a lot of dogs and they said, okay, here's the list, you know, online pick, three that you really want to meet on the day. And I said, okay. So I picked one, two, three. And we're, we drive up and I, this is so embarrassing. We drive up and the lady at the uh, volunteer gives us a number to put in our windshield. And they say, we'll have someone come up into your car to bring you out. And I said, okay, so we're waiting. And the dogs are starting to come out like from the van, the transport van to go into like the viewing van Tori. Oh my God. I couldn't stop playing who let the dogs out. And my boyfriend thought I was crazy. I was like, "They let the dogs out. And uh, it was the best day. So the volunteer we had was actually a mom of a minor volunteering. Cause the minor required to have a parent or guardian. So they had her as extra staff and she didn't really know the protocol per se perfectly, which honestly worked for the best for us. Um, because she kept bringing us the wrong dogs. So The first dog we saw, we, we did ask for, um, my one thing was I didn't want a crazy amount of shedding just because we're in a tiny apartment. And my boyfriend's big thing was excessive barking because of our neighbors in Manhattan. So the first dog we saw had this like very high pitched bark. And my boyfriend turned to me and was like, no. And I was like, you know what? That's your thing. Fine. The next dog we saw, we did not, was not on our list, but was so cute but she was probably going to be about 50 pounds, which was over what we had wanted to do. Um, and then the third dog was supposed to be this boy dog named Echo. And out comes this dog at the time named BB, now our Lucy. And she looks just like Echo. And we go to the volunteer because we see her special parts, if you will. And we're like, uh, I think this is a girl, not a boy. And Echo was a boy. We didn't care about gender, but just we're like, this doesn't make sense. And she's like, oh, and I was like, but well, we really like her. And then we were like, should we meet Echo just so we cross it off our list? And we said yes. And Echo came out and was the sweetest dog. But like his my hand was covered in black hair. I couldn't even see my hand after I pet him. He excessively shed. And we my boyfriend and I turned to each other and we're like, Bebe, who's now Lucy, is our dog. And she was just such a sweet, delicious dog. And she's sitting right next to me as we speak. And we got so lucky with her and she is just perfect for us and our family. And so I'm so thankful the volunteer messed up because otherwise we wouldn't have met our daughter, Lucy. So that's our
1: story. I love that. And I love that you went into it with, um, you both had like a deal breaker because I think that um, one of the... Like people might hear that and be like, oh my God, they should just, all the dogs need rescued. And yeah, they do. But um, we don't want dogs to go back into the shelter. So like, that's one of the, you know, biggest problems I think at shelters is that people take a dog and then it's like way more XYZ than they can handle, like way more barking or way more shedding or way more energy or whatever. And they end up giving them back or Doing something else bad, um, giving it to somebody else, or who knows, whatever. So um, I think that's really very, very smart that you guys went in with like kind of your deal breakers in advance, and then you end up getting the perfect dog, and she'll be with you for life.
0: Exactly, a hundred percent. And it's funny because one of the most common things I hear is people are like, "I want this very specific dog," and I always tell my friends, "You got to be a little bit more open minded." Like. Even the dog you think you're getting, you're probably not going to get in terms of personality because breeds obviously have their reputation of what they're like and what's their demeanor and temperament. Um, so actually another fun thing that I did on, um, dog is a rescue database. Um, so not only does it list rescues that serve New York city, but it also, you can filter is it a breed specific rescue? Meaning, you know, does it just rescue Maltese's? Does it just rescue pit bulls or golden retrievers? Cause there are a lot, even there's one for Shibu Inus, which are considered a designer breed. So you can still rescue and get the dog you want. Um, yeah. The other thing is I think for first time dog parents, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this story is I think if you've never had a dog, you should foster first because it's kind of a nice little trial run before you fully commit, because as you said, I think the worst thing that could happen is a dog goes into a home and then it's returned to the shelter because it's traumatic for the dog. So, at least fostering, you're doing a good deed. You see if this dog or a dog in general is good for you and your family. Um, So, we also have a filter in the system that says if the rescue permits, foster to adopt. Because as I mentioned from my first story about fostering, the rescue didn't permit that. And that was really hard for us emotionally to deal with because we loved him, but we left out with Lucy. Um, But I think that's just something important for people to have in the back of their minds that if you foster with the intention of maybe this is a dog for us, maybe not, look at rescues that allow you to adopt the dog you're fostering.
1: That's a really good point. Uh, I've never fostered, actually. Um, But if you are a approved foster, it kind of fast tracks you to getting approved to adopt because um, some adoption, some pet adoption agencies, I guess, um, have very strict rules. (laughs) rules. <laughs> and they have to do a home visit and all this stuff. So if you're already a foster in the system, it's going to be a lot easier to adopt the um, your forever dog when you do meet them. So um, thank you so much for this great conversation, Jamie. I'm really excited about the launch of your website um, and can't wait to go to your live event and all that kind of stuff. So tell everyone um, where they can find you online and where they can find your new website.
0: Great. Yeah. Thanks story. So we are live at dogspotted.com where you can find all the blog content and anything else about dog spotted on Instagram. You can find us at dog spotted. And then we also have another handle on Instagram about rescues. And we do a lot of takeover rescue dogs called at spots, adoptable friends. We also have a Facebook group for New Yorkers, as well as a Facebook page and a LinkedIn page, uh, sorry, group, for pet professionals and any newsletter. So that's where you can find us. And if you ever have any questions, you can always contact us via email at wolf at dogspotted.com.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, and I'm sure we will all see you on the interwebs very soon. <laughs> thank you so much, Tori. And thank you to our listeners or your listeners, sorry. Yeah. What did you like most about this episode?